Welcome to another live conversation on Alatra TV. Today we have another special guest with us. My name is Olga and my co-host is Marina. Welcome everybody. And before I introduce our special guest for tonight, I would like to remind our viewers that at the end of this program, we will ask our guest about a person that he would like to meet and to talk to about Creative Society. But we will need your help to pass this video along to all the social medias that you use so we can find that person using the rule of six handshakes. And if you don't know what the rule of six handshakes is, it's the rule where we are all connected through six or less social connections and that we can all reach each other very easily when we do share the message. So let's get started. And I would like to welcome today our guest, Dr. Tariq Chima. And he is uh, actually local um, for me. He lives in Farmington Hills, Michigan, but he is currently traveling. And uh, uh, Tariq, can you please tell us a little bit about your background and how did you go from being a doctor to being a philosopher? a philanthropist uh, and uh, uh, helping uh, out, you know, society in bigger ways. Thank you. Hello. Uh, good evening uh, to the viewers in the North America uh, and beyond. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, so I think the shift from a clinician to becoming a philanthropist uh, is, uh, didn't happen overnight. It was something, uh, the same spirit, which uh, driven me to become a doctor so that I can help more people. And then ending up in a system where you actually do not have the freedom to help anyone and everyone you like. Uh, I was volunteering uh, to various places, uh, the disaster relief, medical emergency activities, not uh, in the United States alone, but actually going to the far lands, whether there was an earthquake or flood or, or armed conflict. Uh, so as I start getting deeper into my emergency and relief work, uh, I never looked back and uh, I kept the momentum going. And then in fact, I went back to school and went to Loyola University in Chicago and, uh, and registered myself into philanthropy and nonprofit management program. And after that, I had uh, multiple careers and uh, that's what I do now. Thank you so much for sharing how your journey, life journey has taken you from the place, you know, helping people to ability to help even more people that are in need. Mm -hmm. uh, and also we do have a little surprise for you. So if our IT team can bring up a little collage of some of the pictures we have found and let me know if you can see that up on your screen. Okay, can you tell us a little bit about what you see and maybe some of the moments that you remember? Okay, uh, <laughs> so uh, I think the, well, the, the pictures all are great, and uh, but there are a couple of pictures that I would like to uh, mention. The picture up uh, on the left side where the three of us are standing and we have uh, placards of the two uh, development goals, sustainable development goals, one and four, and which is about the poverty reduction and access to education. Uh, two individuals 
with me. Uh, the gentleman has uh, unfortunately recently passed away. He was the founder of Grat, which is one of the world's largest NGO, uh, and uh, out of Bangladesh. And next to it is uh, uh, another clean uh, person and a media person, uh, Mona Abu Suleiman, who uh, is a journalist as well as a thinker, scholar, you know, very multidimensional person. So this was one of our commitments where we had the heads of states uh, came together in Dubai and uh, made a commitment to SDGs. Uh, so that is the, an interesting picture. Uh, down below uh, in, the, in the red uh, polo, that is actually another interesting picture because this is where uh, we are in, uh, in, in Geneva. And, uh, and this is about how to have a hackathon in the humanitarian sector. So how can you promote uh, the innovation, how can you uh, bring up with the new ideas to address to the social challenges and humanitarian challenges. Uh, because we believe that, uh, you know, charity is something very simple, an act of good, noble work that you do because of your, an impulse of your heart. But when you talk about philanthropy, it is about this whole, uh, science and this whole set of logistics that involves and the reason to address the root causes of the problem. So what I call is that the business is done with your head, charity is done with your heart, but philanthropy is where your head and heart meets. And, and you also work deeply looking into the social problems and see what is working, what is not working, and how perhaps we can do it better so more people can get benefit and your uh, whatever intervention is become more impactful. So, so this is uh, a very uh, interesting uh, exercise that we did. Actually, we are still working on it, which means we'll be bringing about 60 some uh, social innovators, humanitarian uh, technology uh, experts together and go over a set of challenges and see if we can find a better and more innovative uh, ways to work together. That's wonderful initiatives. And Dr. Chima, you also um, call yourself social innovator. And I was wondering, what do you mean by that? And what kind of like social changes, social innovation do you think our society needs? Could you please share with us? Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's just like we talk about in education about quality, or we talk about in the uh, corporate sector of about developing new products and, and things like that. Uh, I believe that the money that is flown into the philanthropic sector, the big pledges, the endowments, the uh, donations, uh, grants, that runs into billions of dollars. And it is very important because this money is different than any other money. It is not the wealth I have personally created. It is not the money that I have inherited. This is the money from you, from every other person who maybe do it with your savings, who might do some sacrifice on their other luxuries and give money to the people 
so that they can help those who are in need. So that's why I think that this money has to be treated in a very uh, careful way. So you have to do your due diligence. And just like when you invest your own money and you always are concerned about the return on investment, the ROI. So what profit are you getting? And we apply and we suggest people to apply the same approach to this money. And how to maximize the return on investment will be the amount of impact that money generates. So that is where the innovations become inevitable. If you keep on giving in the old conventional way, in some cases it works, in some cases it doesn't work so well. So philanthropic sector or social sector to be bold enough, especially humanitarian sector, to be bold enough not just to brag about their successes, but also have enough courage to admit where they are not doing so great. So if we have that courage and we admit our failures, that will lead to this process where we can put your heads together, think, pilot, test various other ways, and then continue making that difference in people's lives, but in a better and more efficient way. Thank you very much. And uh, Olga, allow me, I have another question I would like to also ask. So if you would have power right now, so what would you change in our society in order that every person on earth like can be happy and like forget about his or her worries? What would you change it? Uh, well, uh, interesting uh, scenario. Uh, <laughs> let me just say that, uh, you know, this, this world, I think uh, some, not sometime, most of the time we take it very wrong. I always say that if you want to live happily, if you want to live in peace, if you really want to enjoy the, the human relations, the environment, you know, all the things that this planet has blessed with, then it is about sharing the world. It is not about ruling the world. It is not about controlling the world. It's not even about consuming the world. So how can you share? And I think if I have that ability and power, obviously it has to begin by sharing. Even the power that you have got with the people, how to generate goodwill, how to generate uh, uh, some level of uh, equity, you know, and and only then we can say that this dream of living happily and you know sharing the planet is possible. So answer is, if I have a power, I would not like to keep the power. I would like to share the power so that everyone can become powerful in result. Exactly. Well, th yes, thank you so much for sharing your vision. And it, it's so, I mean, it's so important to share it. And it's not just share, you know, on a smaller scale in your family and in, its, in your community, but also globally as a global citizens, as a, you know, society that lives on one planet Earth. So that's very important. And thanks so much for sharing your vision with us. Also, can you tell us uh, about some of the projects that I, you are passionate about? 
who are you helping at the moment and how can you see that in the future that you can do much more? Uh, well, you know, uh, when, we, when I look at, uh, you know, my impact uh, globally, let's say, and uh, I have been to about what, 71 or 72 countries and have been involved in, uh, you know, full-time philanthropy uh, for the last over 20 years. One thing is clear that I still believe that as a human being, I have a very limited capacity. Uh, like everybody else, I have to worry about my livelihood, I have to raise family. I also have to address the things you know, around me, the society that is living close by. And then you also have things to do globally. How does that happen? And it only happens when your rule of six multiplied by six and multiplied by six applies. <laughs> when you find more people who may be more passionate than yourself, more smarter than you, uh, more resourceful than you, and you create that network of the people who are selfless and who are resourceful. And when it comes to resourceful, it is not just money. It could be their passion, their power, their knowledge, their, you know, all those different uh, talents and acumen that they have. So uh, that is what, uh, I think is very important that led me to be able to do something. So I do not want viewers to think that they have some super man that who's sitting here and talking. I'm just one average human being. But yes, maybe a little bit more uh, passionate about doing something beyond my power and ability. Right. So one of the projects that uh, we are doing uh, is interesting. I uh, originally, you know, I hailed from Pakistan and moved to U.S. in the 90s and U.S. became my home and that's where I raised my family and, you know, I have uh, wonderful friends, the knowledge, the education, the skills. I can uh, never pay back to what I got from, from that country. Uh, so, but over a span of about 30 years, I was living away and I did not really have anything tangible to do in the country I came from. And then we were looking at what is going on with Pakistan in terms of what are the major social challenges. And surprisingly, it was access to education. So a country which has done great in a number of other things, you know, uh, from nuclear technology to, you know, information technology and medicine. And, you know, a lot of people are working all over the world. But Pakistan hosts the second largest population of out-of-school children in the world, which I think was uh, something uh, worrisome. Mm -hmm. So I start thinking, well, how we can make a difference? And what can I do? I'm sitting in the United States. I am traveling most of the time. I don't have time to go back and do these things. So nevertheless, we start talking, and then I start reaching out to the donors uh, because the our network of uh, Muslim funders which is uh, previously called World Congress of Muslim Philanthropists uh, is the network of the donors and the World Congress of Muslim Philanthropists is a based organization which means only uh, work for Muslims by the Muslims but this, this was 
faith inspired and when i say faith inspired that inspiration actually is offered by any and every faith to go out and help the needy so but what we tried to do was to bring together the muslim donors and say let's pool our resources money and then go out and help anyone who is in need and possibly can be benefited from us so uh when i was looking at the big problem in pakistan and you know the number of other school children in pakistan when i start thinking of doing something in pakistan about 4 years ago for about 25 million and a country of 200 and let's say 20 million is if they have a 20 let's say uh 2 million even children that is a 10% of the population and a country where the ratio of the young people is much larger than that 10% of total population might be one third of their youth so it could be a huge potential that is going to go waste why because if they have no access to education so we came up with an idea of let's put 1 million kids to school and at that time it seems to be completely insane idea because it requires a lot of resources hundreds of million dollars to put 1 million kids to school so we start working on it and we were able to actually pool the money so once the money was pooled and i was happy that now i can be you know back in us and do what i want to do but then i realized no i have to be on the ground so i have to have present there and work with them so this is like last two and a half years i'm spending most of my time in pakistan putting this project you know uh, on go and uh, as of today i can say we have crossed the mark of 825000 children dr chima this is amazing project i'm just like overwhelmed so i'm very happy that you really like told us about this project today and like you mentioned before the power to change something it's actually a responsibility that you feel and you proudly take and you carry this out and you do it so that's wonderful and that's like very good example for each of us thank you so much for sharing that so because without education we basically will not have a future so right. education and uh, healthcare that's first two spheres of our society that we have to like um make sure that we will have like uh in every country available and on a very like high level true it's a very important yes and this brings us to the question that we would like to ask you how do you envision a creative society a society where every person on planet earth can be happy a society that is flourishing society a society that doesn't have wars how do you envision that creative society for yourself uh you know like uh, there's a very common saying that you know you think globally and act locally and mm-hmm. i think the first step of creating uh let's say a society that lives in harmony that respects uh diversity that uh, also respect uh, any and everybody for being human not because of their skin color or religion or class you know it starts from your own self 
And I think the major challenge and major obstruction often is within your own self. Either you are have you cannot really cope with your own ego, or you uh, cannot really become humble in the face of the power and the money and the knowledge you have. So, and the popularity of fame. Uh, but then I think if we really convert our own self first and then begin by converting the people, the, you know, getting the buy-in of the people lived around you, could be your family, your friends, the people you get in contact every day. I mean, I mean, look at uh, you two, uh, you know, wonderful individuals. I mean, you are reaching me out of nowhere. I mean, and, and you're reaching so many people. So I think if you have not taken time out, if you have not decided to leverage your own strengths or, you know, resources that you're blessed with, uh, you would have probably still be having fun at their own places but you would have not really done anything and done your part in building this creative society. So I think uh, that is where it starts. You need to take baby steps, simple steps. It is not something that you need to have a billions of dollars at your place, you know, disposal, and, and you need a huge infrastructure to create that society. And then this uh, new COVID situation has uh, served as a wake-up call. It has allowed us an opportunity to reset the, you know, to press the reset button and and see, oh, today I can still live with maybe with less, you know, consumption. We I can still have more time to look after others. I can have more freedom to search, uh, you know, my own self, right? So all of these things, I think we should take even this current calamity, which is hurting everybody around the globe, uh, in a in a big way, we need to take advantage of that and say, okay, can this allow us to reflect upon what we have? And life is so uncertain. The death is certain. And somebody someday if they leave, what I'm going to leave behind? What is my legacy? What is I'm giving to other people? How the people are going to remember me? People, you know, so all of those things, I say, I say that there is an opportunity in this challenge that we can think about ourselves, uh, we can uh, assess our strengths, and we can also become mindful of our vulnerability. That even a bug that we cannot see can take care of me, you know, uh, in, a, in a minute. So what is all that all about? I mean, my, I need more humility. I need more compassion. I need more uh, ambition to live and let other people live. And that requires more courage because your greed will always make you how you can live, how you can live better, how you can have more. But I think you need a courage and you need a big heart to see how can I share it. So let's start from here. And today I think I will be a part of the Creative Society myself. Absolutely. You are, you are already. And Dr. Timo, why do you think it's so important right now to raise that question, to start this conversation about how we people right now envision creative society? Uh, well, uh, I think in today's time, the best thing we can offer people is the hope uh, and the, uh, the kindness. 
I mean, let's make other people feel valued. Let's remember that this thing is going to go away. And then we will have another opportunity to restart. And also be mindful that the pitfall is that what if everything goes back to normal, we also go back to the same old thinking and same old behavior. So I think if we can pass on this message, uh, that is probably the best we can do. Yes, I, I totally agree with you that we have to talk about it because uh, we see so much negativity in media and news and everywhere you turn, it seems like everything is so negative. So if we don't even talk about what type of society we want to live in and how do we envision that, then we can't achieve it. And it's not possible because we don't even have the conversation happening in the informational field. So it, it's like if we don't talk about it, it doesn't exist. So right now, even having this conversation, we open up more bridges, we're making more connections to what is possible and people can dream again. So thank you so much. And Marina, so, did you have, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I will say this one last thing that, you know, why so many people are worried and nervous today is one of the reasons precisely is because they know maybe nobody's gonna come and help them. So if we are living in a society that is creating more fear for the people. Mm -hmm. uh, when you see people are rushing to the, uh, to the you know, aisles of the stores or, or they're worried about where they're going to make is because we have become, in general, in our behaviors, uh, so self-oriented. And how can we become more human-centered? I mean, if, I mean, I knew that if I ever get shot, let me show one of the commodity and supplies I can in the old times, I can knock my neighbor's door, things would be different. And so I think this whole fear, we understand that people are fearing for their jobs, they're fearing for a lot of other things. But of course, one of the reason is because society is not up to help each other and cover each other's back. So that also is the reason if you are not a society that believes in sharing, that believes in equality, or the sanctity of human life and soul, then obviously you can also see chaos happen. Yes, I'm absolutely agree with you. So you. fear, fear destroys everything and we need to create such a society where each of us can like feel like really secure, where each of us will, um, like know that my na my neighbor is my best friend. So, and if I will need help, he or she will be here all the uh, time. I apologize because I'm taking your time, but one last thing that came to my mind Absolutely. today, all of us know how does this virus travel? Oh, it goes from one person to the other and then to the other. So don't shake hands and social distancing. What if we will also create a social distancing with the evils we have in ourselves, exactly. in our society. And how the passion can, compassion and care can travel just like virus travels. You know, from one person to the other and then it becomes like a, it builds a big momentum. So Absolutely. I think all these uh, epidemiologists and statisticians and scientists have today told us and the invisible pathways of the viruses. So I think compassion, of course, we can't see it. We can only feel it. So I would say it, 
it, there's no harm perhaps learning from COVID-19 that there is a way of how to spread itself, right? <laughs> Let's spread happiness, hope, and compassion. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> That's our key to survival as a humankind, humankind. Yes, where, where, where there is like darkness and light enters the room, the darkness disappears. So we all know that. <laughs> so let's be the light in this world and, uh, you know, work together to towards the goal of just being happy and safe and secure and just more understanding towards each other. Yes. And I think that that will do it. And before we ask you the question about who you would like to meet, did, did you want to share anything else with us? Did we forget to ask you anything? Or did you have like a message for our viewers that you would like to um, share as well? Well, I think we have, uh, we have spoken uh, a lot. And uh, thank you for giving me this opportunity. I would not bore my and your viewers for more. Uh, however, I would really say that my wish is that let people who are listening to this uh, conversation today or will listen down the road, uh, I would tell them that they should just go out and read six people. Yes, six people and share the message. Uh, so I'm going to just remind our viewers, if they're just tuning in, that you will tell us the person that you would like to meet and speak about uh, Creative Society with. And then we'll ask our viewers to share this video along so we can get to that person through six or less social connections that we have. And we can spread the message this way and it can travel. So could you please tell us the person you would like to meet and why? I haven't really thought of that to be honest <laughs> but because I was so much into this whole idea of the creative society so I don't know if I will be a failure uh, but uh, it's really a uh, little difficult for me now to think because uh, there are so many people perhaps uh, I can reach to uh, but I will I will pass it on for now and then let's see uh, maybe some other time, because uh, I think my, my mind was still busy with all of the situation I was talking about. It was quite overwhelming, but at the same time, quite deep. So. Yes, no, no problem. We understand. And then if we can, you know, if you can think of someone, you let us know and we can just put it down in the comments below the video. And this way people will know who we can share this video with. But, but, but you know, just, just in the, again, you know, I would say that maybe it is because of the situation we are living in today. I really believe today, let's reach out to the people we will never think of reaching. So that is really something that is not letting me think maybe my next door neighbor, maybe my back door neighbor, maybe friends that I've never reached them. I don't even know their name. If I run into them, I give them a smile from 50 meters, you know, a 50 yard, you know, distance. Uh, so if perhaps maybe I will go out myself and reach to the people that I never thought I would like to meet or I don't even know their name. So because all of us have this ambition, you know, go out and meet other people. And, and this is a great idea. So. I'm not, uh, you know, uh, against that. I'm just today thinking that this moment, perhaps I am going to use that how I can reach to the people I've never reached. And with my this request, the viewers, if they also go and reach to the people that they have never thought of reaching or they thought maybe they are not even, they don't matter. 
or maybe they're not that important because they do not fit in my framework so then would i just pass by maybe today i will not simply because i'm living this moment of covid 19 also and for me any and every human being is important god forbid if anything goes next door if anything goes wrong with me who's going to reach me the people are not going to come that i dream to meet them but people who are living next door so i think for me the most important people are living in my surrounding that i never thought i'm going to reach them thank you so much yes it's a, it's a great reminder to all of us not just to yourself that we all need to um get to know each other and we need to stop hiding and right now is actually perfect opportunity with all the technology that we have is to have this open conversation that can lead to those aha moments that we are having today so thank you so much and again our viewers you can learn more about the project creative society on the website alatraunites.com um, and also we do use two hashtags so you can search by has hashtags as well hashtag creative society hashtag alatraunites and again we thank our guest Tarek today for all his uh, insights that he shared with us and we would like to welcome our viewers to the next live conversation that will happen uh, tomorrow and we are looking forward to having more and more and more understanding about what a creative society is and how do we envision it thank you so much and have a good night thank you so very much for inviting thank me you. thank Bye. you have a great evening bye bye thank you bye bye